You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is your host, Kara Riska. It's really good to be with you again today. I'm actually going to interrupt my previously scheduled programming. I was going to do another episode on back to school. It just so happens that I have some personal life updates that I wanted to share with you. And I want to change the topic. (laughs) So I'm going to take the liberties that I have as the host of this podcast, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So first, I want to bring you in to an experience I had a couple weeks ago. And it's going to lead into sharing uh, a lot more experiences that I've had. And I'm going to relate it back to Currently answering the question of when, and maybe even why, to get counseling. Back in end of August, 
my son had his annual MRI. So he has an annual MRI that we've done for the last 10 years. Earlier in uh, his journey, we did it more frequently, but we were on a course of, okay, we're 10 years out. We'll just do it every year. And so we had that end of August. What I noticed about myself at the hospital was it was bringing up a lot of emotion for me. And for me, I knew this was disproportional to the reality, the present of what was happening. He has to actually have anesthesia for these MRIs because they're about 45 minutes and he just doesn't have the ability to stay still that long. And so it's kind of like they're getting him ready for a surgery or an operation with the kind of prep that we have to do and just the, the procedures at the hospital. And because of what he's already been through, I would say I don't, I don't have a high level of concern for this. It's just kind of another day at the hospital. But what I noticed this year, and I, I noticed it last year as well, is that being in the space of the hospital was bringing about a physical experience. Like my body was experiencing something that I wasn't experiencing at the cognitive level. And I won't go into the like psychology or even, I guess it would be like biology of it all. But if you're interested in studying it, it has to do with your vagus nerve. And most of the feedback from the vagus nerve actually happens in your body and then sends messages to your brain. And what was happening for me is I was walking through the halls and the sounds and the sights and the experience was bringing me back to the moments where we were in danger. The experience I had was that we weren't okay and we weren't safe. And now I could tell, I could tell that my physical experience wasn't matching my actual experience because I knew that I wasn't really worried about the MRI. While I was waiting for him to have the procedure, I decided it was time to get back into therapy. And so the next day, I made a bunch of calls. I kind of cast the, uh, the net wide, if you will, so that I could find a therapist that I could immediately start with. And interestingly here, this story takes a little wild turn. And if you're on my email list, and if you're not, I hope you'll we'll get on my email list, you'll know this personal update I have. So bringing you back through the timeline. So that Wednesday, it was a Wednesday, he had his MRI. Thursday, I called a handful of therapists. Friday, at the end of the day, I got an email that I expected to be a confirmation email that he had a clean scan. When I opened the email, I learned that it wasn't. I learned that he actually has another tumor. Now, in that moment, the wave of fear and panic, literal panic, came over me. I even experienced the desire to get up from my chair and run to run into my closet, actually, because I was kind of close by. And it was, uh, it was really horrible. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about it now. But in the in the moment, it was, uh, it, it will be one of those moments I never forget. And all the things crossed my mind, like, is he going to live through this? Is this surgery going to be too much for his fragile body? Will people rally and support like they did before? And one of the things that came up that was really upsetting to me is, am I going to still be able to coach my people? We allowed this information to settle in for the, a couple of weeks. 
uh, before we shared it with our children. We wanted them to start school without this on their mind, so we, we withheld the information from them. And then, therefore, we also withheld it from our wider community. So I got, I got a chance to process my emotions, to feel all the sadness, the devastation, a lot of anger, and a whole lot of fear. And one of the only things that made it better was being able to realize that I wasn't the same person that I was before when I went through this. Of course, like, yes, I have the same body. My name's still Kara. <laughs> but that because of the last 10 years of experience that I have, and specifically the last about five for me, when I really dove into kind of how I say in the intro, like I wasn't at all thriving um, or basically just barely surviving. And I put so much effort in becoming the mom that can do this that has the confidence to believe that she can hold anything. And so I knew I had that. But at the same time, I knew how, how fragile I was in the sense that I knew I, I saw myself employing all sorts of coping mechanisms in the face of this new diagnosis and the, specifically the fears that it brought up. I hope I've been clear enough about this all along the podcast, but <laughs> as we reach these new levels, it gets funky for us all. And so I've watched myself struggle in a lot of ways. And I really don't like being messy or feeling messy. And this process is messy. Some days I feel like I... Uh, I'm on top of the world. Even now, I still like, I feel like, wow, this is even amazing. And some days I just want to crawl in my bed and cry all day. Maybe not all day, just for a little bit at least though. And so the thing I learned is that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be in all of this. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to feel good. So while the last I don't know, three-ish weeks have been really, really, really hard. They've also been really, really beautiful. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I've given myself a lot of time to process all of my emotions. And on days where I kind of, you know, I plan my schedule and I have the things I think I'm going to do for work and for this podcast, some days I have to resist the temptation just to fight through and get it done. And I have to lean in to just going to be with these emotions. That skipping over them would actually not serve me, but for me, more importantly, it would not serve my family. So I could just give myself time to go and cry and to process the emotion and to feel so raw and vulnerable. And so interestingly enough, I feel so completely vulnerable during this time for so many reasons. There's the beauty of so many people offering support and time and time again saying, how can I support you? Let me know what I can do, which I receive is lovely. And I, I just love it. But then there's the overwhelm of how do I, how do I even do that? And I'm, I am, I'll share with it after I get it created, but I have some, um, a lot of ideas, actually. I have a vision for what this could look like. 
And I'm starting to kind of look at that now that we've digested the information. We have a treatment plan. We just don't know the timing. While I have this experience of feeling so many things at the same time, so unable, fragile, and scared, but then also so capable and strong. And it's maybe not at the same time, but it just seems like I can bounce from one to another hundreds of times a day. And I recognize that that's okay most of the time. Sometimes I feel like, what's wrong with me? And I want to, I want to verbalize this. I want to normalize this. I want you to hear my experience, hopefully again, feeling like, wow, she does not have this all figured out. <laughs> well, yes, I have amazing tools. And yes, I feel like the coaching conversation has so much to to provide any mom with special needs children or child that also we're always learning and growing. I am very much in that boat. So this brings me to what I wanted to talk about for the remainder of the episode therapy. So I have a both, I have both a coach and a therapist and most people know what therapy is or what it does. It's a very, you know, recognized thing. Not everybody with coaching Most people think when I talk to them about coaching, they think that I'm going to tell them what to do. And that is not at all the case. Typically, coaching is going to look like look at where you are now and really help move forward or move past what's stopping you from moving forward. It's not focused on healing and it's particularly not focused on trauma. So it's not focused. So it's not focused in these areas. Sometimes coaching does have a healing effect, but that's not necessarily just, it's just not the intention of it. And so therapists are specifically trained to go back into the past and heal. Something that my therapist recently said to me, because I was explaining to her, like my stomach hurts and it won't go away. And for me, I interpreted this as my body has something it wants me to know I just don't know what it is. So of course, that was unsettling in its own way that I couldn't figure it out. She reminded me of the saying I've heard before, the the body doesn't lie. And so we go back all the way to where I started this story. Back in the hallways getting my son's MRI, my body was telling me that there was something happening, that it was scared. It took in the data from where I was at, and it couldn't differentiate being scared 10 years ago from being potentially in danger now. Therapy is the tool that helps you go back and heal trauma. And so this is the work I'm doing specifically with my therapist. Of course, also just getting supported and processing my emotions now. And uh, really, just it's, it's actually really great because <laughs> I'll tell her some things I'm thinking about. And she kind of laughs at me, but like not in a mean way. <laughs> She'd be like, Kara, I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> now that you laugh at me, I do see that that was kind of silly. <laughs> it's just been so valuable to me. And so I want to bring this conversation up because, I mean, obviously I believe so wholeheartedly in coaching. I think it's the best thing ever. And sometimes I even think though that, um, People think either coaching or therapy, like I need one or the other. And I want to introduce you to this concept in coaching that we often use, and it's called the both and. 
that it doesn't have to be one or the other, but you can actually have both. You can both go back and heal trauma. And I want to specifically mention the type of therapy that I'm most familiar with. By all means, this is not the only one, but it's a therapy um, method, technique, I guess, called EMDR. So if you, if you think after this podcast, which I hope you do, hmm, maybe I need some help in the area of healing from trauma, then go find this. So the other thing I wanted to mention is a couple things. Don't let yourself be stopped. In the experience I had when I was trying to find a therapist, it was annoying <laughs> in the sense of which one, because I wanted to use my insurance. And so I kind of did a little searchy search through my insurance's platform to try to find somebody. And I maybe had a couple options. I made some calls. And actually, I think I did find somebody, but it just turns out that the other person that I'm seeing now call me back first. So she didn't take insurance. But for me, because this one was, uh, this person was somebody that I was referred to, I had a high degree of trust that she would be able to hold me well, and that it would be worth my time investment. And ultimately, my financial investment, because I wasn't going to be working with insurance. To me, paying for this is valuing my care above everything. Which is what I mean by being unstoppable. So maybe you have insurance. Maybe that's going to be our option. Maybe it might be difficult to find somebody or to get on somebody's calendar. And actually, funny story is, is this same counselor I had called her months ago, same reasons, and she didn't call me back. I have no idea what happened. She's a human too. And so I actually didn't call her back for a long time. Took me, took me till then. And so those things may happen. You might get stopped. But if I could go back, I would, I would have called her back again sooner. You know, it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, when you're present to having pain, you're more likely to address it. And then kind of as you like move away from the pain, you're like, oh, maybe I'm okay without it. Write it on your list. Call therapist. And don't stop until you find help. I mean, of course, I think it's clear. <laughs> also, get coaching. Don't go at this alone. I think, again, it's just such a different experience um, in coaching as it is in therapy. So if you have any questions about how they are different, I won't necessarily go more into it here, but I'm available to schedule a call with. It was so relieving to me in the last couple of weeks as I have met with clients and have I, as I've continued to serve them, even when I'm going through this, that actually it's the thing that feels the best for me. It just fills my tank more than anything else does. And honestly, it's just really great to not be thinking about any of it for the time that I'm with my clients. There's one last thing I wanted to mention as a resource. So there's a book called Transforming Trauma. And I'd have to look up the guy's last name. His first name is Gordon. Um, it'll pop up real quick, though. Transforming Trauma. Author is Gordon. It has a really cheesy, peacefully um, flower on the cover. But that's a book I saw. I have also used as a resource uh, prior to therapy to continue to support the experience of a special needs mom, which I think is pretty 
synonymous with having trauma. I think most people have trauma in their life. And I think the experience of being a special needs mom, just there's so many opportunities to experience trauma along the way. As I wrap up, I just want to leave you with, you don't have to keep it. You don't have to carry that with you. That's what I hope I'm an example of, of doing it messy, but also showing you an example of somebody that is up against some, some, some things that really scare me, some things I certainly don't have control of, but be an example of somebody that's um, going to get luscious support. I'll leave you with that. Next week, we'll be back to our previously scheduled program. I'll look forward to seeing you then. See you next week. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.